Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. I've been under the weather for about a week now, finally starting to get right here, Duval, for you guys. I appreciate the well wishes. Happy to be back with y'all today. We're going to be answering the question, who will be the most impactful offensive weapon for the Jaguars in 2022? And if you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Really appreciate your support. Duval could not do this without you guys. We're also going to be looking at OTAs. Jaguars OTA started Monday, May 23rd. <clears throat> we are going to dive into what's going on at OTAs as well. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate your support. Could not do this without you guys. And of course, follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. John says, morning. Good morning, John. Happy to be back here with y'all. Nick Foles back in the division with the Colts on a two-year deal. He's going to be uh, Matt Ryan's backup up there. Rejoins Frank Reich, who was the offensive coordinator in Philly when they made their Super Bowl run under Doug Peterson. So, you know, you've got Reich bringing in one of those Philly quarterbacks again uh, two years in a row. Of course, this time it is as a backup to Matt Ryan, who will be the Colts starter in 2022. But Nick Foles is back in the division. He's he's made plenty of money in the AFC South, that's for sure. But again, he's just a backup at this point, so not major news. Of course, if Matt Ryan suffers injuries, Nick Foles will be back in the game in the AFC South for the Indianapolis Colts. But today, like I said, we're looking at who will be the most impactful offensive weapon for the Jaguars in 2022. And, of course, we're looking at OTAs, what's going on inside the building over there at TIAA Bank Field. So we're going to jump into the most impactful offensive weapon discussion right now. Zach is wax, says, what up? What up, man? Happy you guys are here. Happy I'm back. Back in action. So who will it be? Jaguars brought in Evan Ingram. Uh, tight end from New York, former uh, very high draft pick there, a guy that has all the talent in the world. One year, $9 million deal. Could he be one of the most impactful offensive weapons for the Jaguars? I think so. And when I say impactful, I'm talking about a positive impact, right? I'm not just talking about a, a net impact. I'm talking about someone who's going to come in and be the workhorse, the most important Offensive weapon for Trevor Lawrence, for Doug Peterson, for these Jaguars. I think Evan Ingram will be an important offensive weapon. He's 6'3", 240, uh, incredible athlete, great route runner, does a lot of things really well. But the hands are inconsistent. Uh, There's just going to be some head-scratching plays that Evan Ingram leaves on the field. At least that's what his past suggests. 
Is he in the best situation that he has been in in his NFL career? I think so. When you look at having Doug Peterson, who really knows how to work with tight ends, and having Trevor Lawrence, who knows how to find those tight ends, <clears throat> having an offense that that is kind of built around the ability to have athletic playmaking tight ends, and playing with Dan Arnold, who's another quality receiving tight end as well. I think Evan Ingram will have a positive impact for the Jaguars. Again, his history suggests there will be some disappointing and frustrating moments with Ingram. But overall, I think he's in the best situation of his career. He could have a major impact. Then you look at Marvin Jones, another guy entering a much better situation than he was in in 2021, uh, and he still made an impact for the Jaguars. There were some disappointing moments from Jones last year, but you could say that about every single player on the Jaguars roster in 2021. James Robinson, uh, he's coming off the Achilles, so you don't know how quickly he'll be back. But he's certainly been the Jaguars' most impactful offensive weapon over 2020 and 2021 when he's been healthy. Christian Kirk, Jaguars' highest paid offensive weapon, uh, brought in this offseason, the guy that's going to be able to be a slot receiver, an outside receiver. He's six foot, just under 200 pounds. Really an elite route runner, great speed, able to take the top off the defense, able to uncover really anywhere he wants to on the field. Is he going to be the guy? I think there's a really strong argument for him. Entering the prime of his career, working with Trevor Lawrence, who for everything that Kyler Murray does well, which is a lot of things, that's who Christian Kirk's quarterback has been. Kyler Murray does not see the middle of the field very well. Uh, he does not work great from the pocket. Uh, scanning the middle of the field. Why? Because he's tiny. He's short. He can't see over that offensive line. So I do think you could debate who has a better deep ball, uh, maybe who's more accurate overall between Trevor Lawrence and Kyler Murray. But you cannot debate Lawrence's command over the pocket, his ability to make strikes from within the pocket, to maneuver the pocket. Uh, he does all that significantly better than Kyler Murray, and he was just a rookie last year. So I do think Christian Kirk is going to have a huge impact. And if there's a guy at the receiver position that is going to be the most impactful offensive weapon, I think it is Christian Kirk. And that's including Evan Ingram and Marvin Jones, Dan Arnold, all those guys. Zay Jones certainly uh, I don't think needs to be mentioned here on this list about who will be the most impactful, but We've looked at Evan Ingram, James Robinson, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk. I have not mentioned Travis Etienne yet, and and I think that's the guy who's going to take the cake, who's going to be the most impactful offensive weapon for the Jaguars. I think that for a myriad of reasons, A, he's fully recovered from his injury. Um, he uh, He's back in action for the Jaguars at OTAs. Uh, thanks to modern medicine, thanks to his work ethic, um, <clears throat> He's said that he, if he didn't know that there was a, a screw in his foot, that he, he would have no idea. He wouldn't feel it. He doesn't feel it. So he feels 100%. He is a full go at Jaguars OTAs. You saw him back on the practice field with no limitations yesterday. Looked good running routes, uh, taking some kickoff reps. He looks 100%. He looks good to go. And he said he was good to go according to you know the way he felt several weeks ago. 
um, and said that he was probably 85 to 90 percent, according to the doctors, team doctors. But now he's fully good to go. There's no restrictions. They're going to be watching him and making sure that everything's all good, obviously, coming off the major injury, the Liz Frank injury. But Travis Etienne is fully healthy. You could see that based on what you saw from him on the field yesterday. And of course, uh, I'm still under the weather, so I will not be out at, at OTAs this week. I'm trying to get out there next week. But based on the videos you've seen uh, from Tra- from the Jaguars, from, from the other beat reporters out there, he looked good to go. I mean, cutting hard on those uh, on those routes, just looking really good, looking ready to go. And uh, I think you've he got a year to kind of become a pro. Bernie Parmalee, the running backs coach, who he was a holdover from the last camp, or excuse me, from the last regime. Uh, I think he was able to help Travis kind of deal with the injury and uh, come back even better from it. You've seen so many injuries that, you know, 10, 15 years ago would probably have been, you know, a death sentence to a lot of careers. And now guys are coming back quicker than ever. So that's encouraging for James Robinson as well with the Achilles. But Travis Etienne with the list, Frank, you just saw Derek Stingley come back from it and blow his pro day out of the water and ended up getting drafted very highly. <clears throat> so Etienne didn't say he's 80%. He said he feels 100%. And again, this was probably a month ago. Uh, Robert says, if Etienne says he's 80%, can't wait to see 100 I think he is 100% right now. Of course, his conditioning will get better as he continues to work. But from a pure health standpoint, I think he's good to go at this point. So why do I believe it's Travis Etienne, besides the fact that he seems to be fully healthy? His skill set. He's got incredible long speed and acceleration. Contact balance is really impressive. Uh, The ability to cut laterally, make guys miss in a phone booth. He has some legitimate strength in his five foot ten, two hundred fifteen pound frame. Uh, he's able to to run with power. He has excellent hands, receiving chops. He really developed that in his final year, or further developed that in his final year at Clemson, and then again over the summer uh, last offseason, the Jaguars were using him as a slash back, which really he was catching the ball a lot. Which you know I think that's going to be good for his development long term. When you look at him with the ball in his hands, he has a stiff arm, a spin move. Like I said, he has those lateral cuts. He gets to full speed really fast. He has good vision. Uh, He's well-versed in the zone uh, rushing attack, the wide zone, the inside zone, uh, the RPO stuff. They did a ton of it at Clemson. One area I'd like to see a lot of improvement, and he might have made strides in this, is pass pro. He needs to get better there, no question about it. But when you look at all of all of the things he can do for your offense, both as a running back and a pass catcher out of the backfield and even lined up in the slot and out wide, Travis Etienne can do a lot. You look back at Clemson, he averaged 7.2 yards per carry, 70 touchdowns in his college career, pretty absurd. And then also added 102 catches, 1,155 receiving yards and eight more touchdowns through the air. This guy already has chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. And when you look at what his usage should look like in Doug Peterson's offense, 
Look at what Miles Sanders did under Doug Peterson the last couple of years there in Philly. A lot of targets in the passing game. You got the outside zone rushing attack, the inside zone rushing attack. Phil Rauscher in that offensive line is really going to, in my opinion, fit that to a T. And uh, Travis Etienne fits that as well. They did a lot of that stuff at Clemson. I think when you look at read options, when you look at screens, all that gadget type stuff, the fun stuff that you see a lot in the NFL now, Travis Etienne fits that to a T. And like I said, the guy is fully healthy now, 100% ready to go. So if you're asking me who's going to be the most impactful offensive weapon for the Jaguars, Travis Etienne has chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. He's fully healthy. He has an incredible skill set. I mean, he does have the skill set of a first-round running back. That was not a fluke that the Jaguars took him at 25. I think if he didn't go at 25 to the Jaguars, it looks like the Bills probably would have taken him at the back end of the first round. So it wasn't like the Jaguars were crazy for making this pick of a running back because he can be so impactful in so many ways for your offense. And I think he'll be the Jaguars' uh, leading yardage getter in 2022. Of course, James Robinson will be back. How quickly will he be back? That's going to impact this. My guess is they they kind of slowly bring J-Rob back. Um, you see Robert says, can't wait to see Carson lose another job because of the Jags. I guess we're talking about Carson Wentz and the uh, commanders there. We'll see. I predicted last week that the Jaguars would win that contest in week one, but I think it's going to be close. We'll see. It is on the road in Washington. So let's look at OTAs. Rookies and vets on the field at the same time for the first time under the Doug Peterson uh, regime. No pads, no contact between offense and defense, but still an opportunity for Doug Peterson and company to evaluate and teach. That's going to be the two key things here, I think, evaluating and teaching to see if what they're teaching in the classroom carries over onto the field. Uh, OTAs are Monday, May 23rd, yesterday, today as well, May 24th, uh, the 26th later this week. Then you've got May 31st to June 1st, June 3rd, and then June 6th through 9th. After that, you'll get into the mandatory part of uh, minicamp, a part of the offseason there. And then, you know, about a month after that, getting into mid to late July, you will have Jaguars training camp. Very exciting stuff. Missing in action right now, Cam Robinson, Trayvon Walker, Badara Torre, Treor, excuse me, Will Richardson, and Jake Luton. Obviously, the big names there are Cam Robinson and Trayvon Walker. In a perfect world, do you want Cam Robinson, who you just paid uh, you know, $18 million per year over three years, your starting left tackle? And Trayvon Walker, you know, your first overall pick, defensive end, edge rusher, outside linebacker. Do you want them there for your first day of OTAs? Absolutely. But uh, they're not there for personal reasons. Doug Peterson's aware of the situation. I wouldn't worry about this one bit right now. Uh, If it becomes an extended period where they're not there, sure, then we can start talking about it. But I wouldn't worry about it one bit at this point. One day of OTAs in May, not a big deal. 
John says excited that Josh Allen and Devin Lloyd stayed late and trained together. Absolutely. Josh Allen has always been a, a tireless worker and, and practice guy. And Devin Lloyd has been that throughout his career at Utah as well. And I think you'll continue to see that. And those guys working with each other, getting more familiar with each other, it does help. So Doug Peterson spoke with the media, talked about Trayvon Walker. Even though he's not there, he says he's such a pro and he's so hard on himself. Josh Allen also talked about Trayvon Walker saying his mental processing is so high that when they get out there on Sundays, he's just going to take off. He's Allen says, I look to my right and look to my left. I see all those dudes with me. It's going to be crazy. So it's good to hear Josh Allen fired up, obviously, about this team, about Trayvon Walker. It's good to hear Doug Peterson talking about Trayvon Walker, saying he's such a pro and how hard he is on himself. Of course, you do need to have a fine line between being too hard on yourself to where you're uh, overthinking things. I don't think we're going to have to worry about with that with Trayvon Walker, but you don't want to, uh, you know, over pressure yourself to where you're not able to function. And I don't think that'll be a problem with him, but it is something uh, if he's too hard on himself that could pop up, but with his skill set. His smarts, his work ethic, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Peterson did talk about it being a new team, how they'll kind of have the element of the unknown uh, for opposing coaching staffs. Going into the season, he said that'll only last about a month, though, three to four games. But, you know, if you've got an advantage in the first three to four games where the teams don't exactly know what to expect from you that you're facing, that can help. As you're kind of growing your team and your chemistry and all that through the first month of the season, teams are, they don't have a book on you. Of course, they can look at what Doug Peterson did in Philly and Kansas City before that. Uh, you can look at what Clemson's offense did because Doug Peterson has said they're going to bring in some of that stuff. And he already ran some of that stuff. He already ran uh, read options, RPOs, uh, screen game all that type of stuff. He's done all that a lot, play action. Trevor's done it. Doug Peterson's done it a lot. But they will be able to install some stuff to keep to keep these opposing coaches and defenses kind of off balance over the first month of the season, but it'll wear off after that. Then Trevor Lawrence also spoke with the media. He said, just offensively and defensively, in my eyes, I think it's night and day where we were last year. And uh, he said he had input on the playbook, which is obviously a big deal. Doug Peterson and Press Taylor have the final say on that, but uh, they did install together. Uh, he did have a big impact, a big input on what they're going to be doing. Trevor Lawrence did. He said he's impressed with the strategic approach to installing the offense. While I do think this is a really smart offensive staff and and they probably are ahead of where they were last year. I think you could say that probably says more about where they weren't last year with, with Urban Meyer's regime, with how bad it was uh, compared to what you're seeing from a professional, professional coaching staff this year. He also talked about Trevor Lawrence did about having Doug Peterson, you know, uh, with him there at practice. Yeah, John says, especially at head coach, of course, yes. Especially at head coach. 
Florida boy says Snoop Connor is a powerful runner. I believe he will be a good replacement for James Robinson while he's recovering. I think that's yet to be determined. Um, I, I don't think there's anything glaring in terms of weaknesses in James and Snoop Connor's game, but James Robinson has such good vision, such good feel, such good contact balance. Uh, I, I don't think Connor is going to be as good as James Robinson, but at the same time, if the offensive line's performing um, a little bit better, you could see similar results. I don't think they would be achieved in the same way because I think Robinson is just a better player. But yeah, I think Snoop Connor could fit in well in this zone rushing attack. He has experience in his own rushing attack. He is smooth. He is quick for a man his size. So yeah, I hear you there. But yeah, uh, Lawrence talked about how Peterson's out there and he just he'll give him little pieces of advice, little things here and there after plays and he he really enjoys the conversation and that type of leadership style versus someone who's going to holler and be rah-rah and get in your face. Uh, not naming any names there, but I think we all know who he's talking about. And the theme of trust continues to be a hot topic. Lawrence talked about it again, how he feels he can trust his coaching staff. He can trust Doug Peterson. The entire group here, he said, from what he can see, um, is showing trust in each other. The players, the coaches, all that which you want to see that. And that, that shouldn't be hard to find. Like in the NFL where everyone should be a professional, where everyone should be looking out for the team's best interest, trust shouldn't be hard to find. But of course, last year, we all know what happened. So it's a big deal to have that trust in the building this year. John asked, how tall is Snoop? I believe he's six foot on the dot. I can confirm that for us here. Wanted to call him James Connor, but he's Snoop. Let's see. Oh, he's 5'10, 222 as well. So he's the same exact size as James Robinson. I do believe, thank you, Christopher. Uh, I do believe he runs more upright than J Rob. So that's something to monitor in terms of just watching him play. Uh, James Robinson has great pad level, uh, which creates great leverage, uh, really good balance, a wide base. I don't think Connor has that pad level that you look for as much. He he looks taller than Robinson when he runs the ball. I don't think he has the base of James Robinson either uh, to have that incredible balance. And I'm not trying to say Snoop can't get the job done. I think he can when you have good blocking up front, when you have – yeah, John says we got some short runners. Uh, Travis Etienne is 5'10". James Robinson is 5'10". Snoop Connor is 5'10". And uh, I don't know if I've talked about it a lot. I prefer shorter running backs. I think 5'9", 5'10", is the perfect height for a running back because it doesn't make you so short that your quarterback can't see you or that you're just not big enough to take on linebackers, blitzing linebackers and stuff like that. But it gives you a lower center of gravity than a guy that's six-plus feet. Um, usually gives you good pad level and better balance than a really tall runner. Robert says, Trevor saying Kirk is quarterback friendly means he's got hands and knows his routes. 
Chenault still dropping passes. I don't know about Chenault still dropping passes, but Trevor and Kirk, they had a nice connection yesterday. You saw it, and that's not surprising, right? Christian Kirk is where he's supposed to be all the time. He's a professional. He's a high IQ guy. Press Taylor's talked about that. Trevor Lawrence has talked about it. Um, John, I'm not sure what you're saying. You absolutely agree with, but glad to hear it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Christian Kirk, he's fast. He's smart, good hands, good route runner, uh, inside, outside versatility. Yeah. You like what you see there. Jack Sayre says, how is Snoop at pass protection? There's some really high level moments on his tape, Snoop Connor and pass pro. I don't think it's super consistent at this point and he was at Ole Miss he was a running back by committee so this was not a guy who was asked to do everything that you're looking for from a three down running back all the time you saw glimpses of it he showed good hands at Ole Miss in the limited opportunities he showed high level reps as a pass blocker Uh, wasn't the most consistent but didn't have a ton of opportunities and he is a goal line back. He, he has that ability. He scored a ton of touchdowns in short yarded situations for Ole Miss. Moving back through OTAs here. Excuse me. Trevor said he recently got sick, sick with a stomach bug. You and me both, Trevor. I have had a little bit more than a stomach bug, but that's all right. But he said he lost about six to eight pounds. But he's back up to 217, 218. He said last year he played 221 to 222. So he's still right there in that range. Should have no problem getting to where he wants to get. Um, Jack Sayre says could be a good third down running back when Robinson is healthy. Could be. I honestly think, though, once you see James Robinson and Travis Etienne healthy together, it's, you're going to have a hard time getting those two off the field. They're so damn good. So, yeah, Trevor. I guess this would be a good time to have a stomach bug versus later on. You don't want to lose weight like during training camp or during the season. It's a lot harder to put back on. But he'll he'll want to add a couple more pounds back to his frame uh, before the season, and he should have no problem doing that. Like I said, Trevor and Christian, they hooked up quite a bit on the field in day one of OTAs. Again, there's no pads, but you are, and you're not going live live, uh, but you're able to see their chemistry really already taking off. Um, Peterson also talked about how they're already getting Trayvon Walker, who again, isn't quite there yet, but uh, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, Luke Fortner, they're getting them in with the ones and twos immediately. Uh, So they're going to be playing with the top competition on the team and playing against the top competition on the other side of the ball to get them ready to make an impact in year one. You did not see the last regime do a good job of getting their rookies ready. Um, Trevor Lawrence was splitting reps with Gardner Minshew well into training camp and preseason, which was really a farce. Um, The only one you really saw last year getting that immediate starting reps was Tyson Campbell uh, regularly getting those reps from the the get-go. Jack Sayre says, going back to rookie minicamp, how'd the rookies look like? They looked great. I mean, Trayvon Walker looked great. Uh, Snoop Connor, again, he showed quicker feet than I expected. Uh, he's a big boy. We all know that. 
Kevin Austin looked the part from a movement standpoint. Um, he was still, uh, and he was making some impressive, difficult catches, but some of the easy ones still sneak up on him. So he'll need to, and Kevin Austin's a UDFA out of Notre Dame, who a lot of people are interested in. Movement and Lloyd, they look the part. They're great. They're going to be mainstays in Jacksonville for a long time. Fortner as well, same thing. These guys look like pros already. Trayvon Walker looks like he's ready to to lead a team. Of course, you need to see him develop his pass rush plan, his pass rush toolbox, but everything else in in Trayvon Walker's game looks ready to go. Uh, Trevor did have a good first day. I think the offense as a, as a whole had a good first day. You did see Devon Hamilton get a pick that Trevor kind of gave to him, said it was an early birthday present for Devon, the defensive tackle there, who he's kind of a forgotten guy too. After you bring him fully Fatu Kasi, trade for Malcolm Brown last year, who's still on the team. Still got Roy Robertson Harris, who's a little bit more flashy with his ability to get pressure as more of like that interior penetrator, three tech type of guy. But Devon Hamilton's still here. He's still a really talented interior defensive lineman. But we've been going for just about 30 minutes here. I am running out of gas. I'm still a little bit under the weather. Uh, but So we're going to wrap it up here. Hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Really appreciate everyone tuning in. Follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Uh, that's going to do it, Duval. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Check ginjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. Thanks, y'all. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.